0: Jambo Marafiki, and welcome to the True Rafiki Podcast. I'm your host and true Rafiki Nate, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is a special one because I have my first guest. Woohoo, cheers for me, I guess. Anyways, it's a pretty good episode, a great conversation with the Kwame Pipim, the Ghanaian photographer currently living in the Toronto area in Canada. He's a close friend of mine, a former student of mine actually as well. So yeah, it's a great conversation. Anyways, before we get into it, Please forgive me for the somewhat okay, not so great sound quality. It's just a Zoom call recording because we can't be in the same setting because COVID restrictions, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, without further ado, Kwame Pipim, don't forget to check him out on social media at KP Media Works. You will also find my social media down in the description of this episode. So today, my first ever guest, Kwame Pipim, Introduce himself, Kwame, who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> My first ever guest. I'm very hyped for this. Anyways, Kwame, how are you doing, man?
1: Um, Nathaniel, I'm good. Thank you very much, man, for having me here. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Yeah, um, man. I'm very glad to be here.
0: It's an honor to have you on the show. Um, you're the most famous person I've had on the show because you have more <laughs> followers than me. So
1: Come on, man. <laughs> Don't do me that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do
0: that to me. Anyways, yeah, man, the the pressure's on you, man, because <laughs> you're the celebrity here. Oh
2: well, that killed me though. Okay.
0: <laughs> Anyways, man, yeah, just give yourself a basic introduction. Who are you? What do you do? Just, just let the people know.
1: Um, okay, so uh my name is Kwame Pipin. But mostly people call me KP, because I don't know, for some reason, some people can't mention my name. <laughs> <laughs> so that they usually call, uh, so I go by KP, but if you can, it's just Kwame or Kwame Pippin. Um, so I'm a photographer slash um, videographer Um. Internal. I'm originally from Ghana, and then uh, I moved here. I moved into Canada, I think 20, June 2017, yeah. June twenty sixth. I've been here pretty much. I think almost close to four years now. And then uh, I'm a photographer, and I'm also a filmmaker.
0: Perfect. That's cool, man. Like, what's your Instagram? Just so the people know, I'll put it um, also so- in the um, the description of the episode too, so people can follow you and stuff.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so um, my photography page is um, KP Media on Instagram. The way um, you see most of my work over there. And then um, you can also find uh, my work on my website at kwamipipim.com, um, where I'll post most of my work to over there. So I pretty much use Instagram, and then um, on the, you can also check me out on my website at kwamipipim.com.
0: For sure, man. I mean, your work is amazing. Like, I mean, <laughs> you do some amazing tough uh, stuff with the um, portraits and the retouching. I think it's, like, really fantastic um what you do super talented even my grandma follows you on instagram just so you know really? <laughs> yeah i showed her your wow. instagram and uh she followed you because she loves your work as well so you know oh, wow yeah Thank
2: you.
0: <laughs> anyways um what inspired you to get into photography like what gave you that drive
1: honestly uh-huh if um to tell you you would be surprised so the whole photography thing i never actually taught myself like to be a photographer or anything i don't have any photography But i got a camera to take photos of myself yeah on instagram. yeah i did not get that was the reason why i got a cut that was one of the reasons got me into photography i didn't start to be a photographer It. i just went wanted to look good on it on instagram <laughs> So i just went to buy a camera to take pictures of myself and wow. I'm on instagram
0: Wow, man. That
1: that is the whole, how the whole thing started. I didn't start out like to be a photographer. I just, I had a friend and she had nice pictures and I was like, okay, I think we can get a camera and then we could just be taking pictures of each other and then just be posting it on Instagram. And then that's how the whole thing started. So I went to buy a camera and then I, 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 instead of taking pictures of myself, I started taking pictures of people, friends and stuff. And then before I realized, people were willing to pay me
2: yeah.
1: for the pictures that I was doing. So the whole thing just the table just turned totally because I went from oh I want to look good on Instagram to taking pictures of friends to taking some pictures at church for church yeah, yeah. and then people were willing to pay me for the photos that I was taking. I was like oh this (laughs) is something that I could also make money from it on the side and then Before I realized, people know me as a photographer, which was actually really strange. And I had to even create my Instagram to post my work and stuff all over there. So the whole how I got into photography is one of the strangest things to me because I just fell into it. Like, I wanted to look good, get some likes on Instagram and probably get followers. And then boom, before I realized that's turned into a business that uh, people are paying me to take photos of
0: them. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. So, yeah. like, were you doing photography when we first met? Because we first met in what year? 2018,
1: 2019? Yeah, because it was around 2018, 20 Pretty much around those that area. Yeah,
0: because I was still working um, as a piano teacher back then. So, <laughs> just so you all know in the audience, um, Kwame is my former student. <laughs> <laughs> just so, you, just so y'all know, and he's more famous than me. So you know, I take credit for some of that. I'm the same. <laughs> but um yeah, so I guess were you doing it back then as well? Because like when I taught you piano, I guess mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about photography that much, right? Because like no. I'm not really into the photography. So um were you doing it back then, like 2018,
1: 2019? Um. So um, I got my first camera. I think in June 2018, yeah, June 2018. And I was just playing around, around those, that area. So i was just take those, around June 2018, I, I didn't pretty much know what I was doing, but I was just taking pictures of friends. Um, we, I'll go to church and then I, uh, once we close from church, we take pictures. But one thing that actually helped me was um, my boss. I, I used to work at Costco. Yeah. So um, one of my managers, was a photographer, uh, like, a well, big photographer. He does weddings and those kind of stuff. So I was like, hey, um, I got a camera and everything. Like, I, I want to, like, learn how to take photos and, and those kind of stuff. Then on weekends, when he's doing his weddings and stuff, events and that, he would just be like, hey, can you come and help me out? So yeah. I just pick my camera, and I will just follow him to his weddings on weekends, uh, Sundays, Saturdays, Sundays, Saturdays. And then whilst I was following him, I was just, you know, Learning how to take photos. Sometimes you give me the command like, take photos at the event for him. And then, some, then, then they got, got to a time where sometimes you can even give me an event to go cover for him.
0: Wow. So you're like, you just started casually, you know? Like I, I just started off
1: casually. Like, hey, can you teach me how to take photos? And then he's like, okay, the best time that I could possibly help you out is maybe when you follow me and then i'll just be sure give you a few tricks here and there yeah and then i was just following him so i think from 2018 to 2019 i think so yeah around that area i was still working i don't even call it work i was just pretty much like following him
0: yeah like Like, learning learning
1: yeah learning and then all, all those areas all those time too it was like not learning to be a photographer i was just I don't know. I just like doing it. I just like taking photos, and then it was just around those areas that it just started. And then I think during the end of 2019, that was where I I, I quit Costco. Then and then so everything actually pretty much boomed up last year, 2020. Yeah. You know, just like I just blew up. I if I, I I can see later. Like I just blew up from this. So, Around September 2019, that was when I think people started recognizing my work. Yeah. On Instagram and then everything.
0: Yeah, man, because, like, I always see you posting how your bookings are all filled up. So, (laughs) you must be doing something right, right? You know what I mean?
1: I know. know. Yeah.
0: So, like, a lot of your stuff is very Mm -hmm. Afrocentric, Like, very, very black. You know, very Mm -hmm. African. So, like, talk about that a little bit. Like, just sort of, like, what drove you to sort of really focus on sort of, like, a black audience... Black models and sort of like a black theme in your work.
1: Um. So when it came to um the people that I photograph, when I started out, I was doing a lot of fitness. Like I was shooting a lot of fitness stuff. So I started off actually as um although I was doing the events, but yeah. the ones that I actually kind of like doing was fitness because like I, I was going to the gym and then my friends and everything. So like I was into fitness photography so when i started it was pretty much like pretty open but around i think 2019 september october um i came across um this guy there was some people that i I follow and i kind of like their work yeah look at there is one guy i think he's nigerian um his name is prince mason like i like his kind of work and then one thing about me is also although I like taking the uh, the fitness and this kind of stuff. Whenever I'm in front of the camera, I have a camera on me, I always end up taking portraits, like yeah. pictures of people's faces. I like those ones more than taking full body pictures. Yeah. So around 2019, I think that was when I started, I was like, okay, let me try and go into, um what I what I do is called beauty photography, yeah. where it's like, pictures of like people's faces and then do uh like show how beautiful people look and then those kind of stuff so i started doing it and then i realized that there was not a lot of people that was doing it uh internal that i knew that i knew so um it was kind of like kind of new i don't want to say maybe i'm the first person doing it, but there's a lot of people doing it but when i started out like I didn't know a lot of people that were doing it in, over here. Uh, in the States, um, I knew there were so many pe- uh, people that were doing like uh, beauty photography where they were using black people. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, During this, in Canada, like the photographers that I knew, most of them were photographing white people.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was like, okay, the beauty photography is over here, but like, it's not everybody that, I, that can. Photograph like dark skin people and then make it come out really good.
0: Yeah, cause like sometimes I mean it's it, it's amazing. It's like art, you know. Like it literally yeah. is art, right? It, it's amazing what you do. Cause like a lot of people in Toronto um, that do photography are mainly like landscape, right? Like cityscape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the downtown Toronto. You know, take pictures of CN Tower and whatnot. Um, but you're the only like portrait photographer I know in Toronto. Um, and you're the only one I know, period, that, you know, focuses on, like, a lot of, like, darker skinned people, you know? Yeah. So, I find that really cool. Like, I find that really awesome. Um, so, like, what is your ultimate goal with photography? Like, where do you want yourself to be in, let's say, 10 years?
1: Um, so, the real thing is, um, I moved from Ghana to come and study film over here in Canada. That is like one of the main reasons why I moved from Ghana to come here. Yeah. So um, when I was coming, photography was not in the picture, not at all. So right now that um, I'm kind of like have I'm having the photography as something that I do. I didn't have a plan. So right now, like when people ask me, I just said I'm a filmmaker. And I'm also a photographer. Yeah. That's what I do. But it's actually strange because what I'm actually in school for is filmmaking. I'm mm-hmm. in film school. But people know me for the photography thing. Something that was supposed to be actually a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes it really, really strange because like I'm paying a lot of money to be in film school. <laughs> but nobody. I, sometimes people will be like, oh, you are in film school? Oh, really? What the photography that I just watched some videos on YouTube and then that is what people actually know me yeah so photography what i what i see myself in the next future i'll probably say um should i probably should I, uh, get some beauty campaigns because like, i really like beauty photography i don't think i want to do any kind of photography apart from the beauty photography that i do yeah so um, i'll probably get to a chance to work with um some beauty brands like maybe 90, and yeah some lot of like big big uh tom Ford beauty and they probably maybe shoot for vogue yeah and those kind of big 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 magazine.
0: that'll be companies. cool man that'll be yeah. really cool because like some of your stuff on your instagram man like i can swear i can picture that like in the art gallery or something like you mm-hmm. know <laughs> people can yeah. buy like a i don't know like a five foot by five foot print of your photography because like it's just the amount of detail, the amount of beauty you you capture in, in the people you shoot. It's amazing. Thank so you. again, like I encourage everyone listening to this right now, go check them out on Instagram KP Media Works. I'll leave it in the description. Um, anyway, so let's continue on here. Uh, do you see yourself like keeping like sort of a black theme and African theme in your work, or would you want to like branch out into other sort of themes?
1: So um, personally speaking, I like photographing dark skin people yeah like even with all black people like dark skin really dark skin people i love photographing that like when i started out and i was learning especially how to retouch skin yeah man you will not even find one video on youtube that teaches how to retouch dark skin people wow It it was a struggle Huh. because like mo- most of the uh, youtube tutorials were on white people so it, it was kind of hard so um when i found one thing uh, it was really hard during those times so coming across photographers that were actually photographing dusting people was a problem so right now i really like photographing dusting people because i think i put i put so much work in it and i also like photographing skin people so I don't see myself actually taking it out. And then some people have, I mean, I've had people come out to me that, oh, do I photograph only black people? Which is nuts, but I just love doing it. So I'm definitely gonna keep my aesthetic the way it is. And then sometimes you don't have control over it because like most of my clients too are predominantly 99.99 black people. Yeah, yeah. So my work that I'm gonna post, are gonna be pretty much filled with um, dust skin people. Yeah. So that, that that's how it's kind of like leading my work. So like, I get uh, other, I've photographed Indians, I've photographed um, Asians, I've photographed a lot, of, a lot of other races. I think I've photographed everybody actually.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: my clients, about 99 of them are black people. So it's pretty much kind of like deciding how my aesthetics going to look like but at the same time i actually like the way it looks because i like the idea that i get to portray dark skin to the world for its people to see that being dark skin is beautiful exactly yeah it can also be beautiful you don't have to bleach your skin or you don't have to be white to be deemed as uh, something that is beautiful you can have dark skin and then also be beautiful and indica so that's one of them so i'm definitely going to keep my aesthetics and then although i don't have control but i'll try to still portray our beautiful dark-skinned women as beautiful as they are
0: that's important man that's really important because like a lot of young people especially you know young women especially like especially when i was growing up they're insecure about their skin right so mm-hmm. it's important to understand black is beautiful you know like that's the model right yeah. <laughs> black is beautiful like and, and it's so true it's so true It's so true. Anyways, man, like I want to ask you, when you first came to Canada from Ghana, right? Mm -hmm. In 2017, you said, right? What was the the biggest challenge you've had to overcome coming to this country? Because I know it's not easy. You know what I mean? Like, what was the biggest challenge you've had to overcome?
1: Oh, wow. That's a (laughs) big one. Where
0: do I start? Hey, man, just say it all. Say it all.
1: Uh, I'm so... When I was coming here, um, one of my biggest challenge, one of my biggest challenge was um, failure. Like, because when you are coming in and when you are living Africa, like, um, how do I put it? Like, when you are living, you are like you are coming here. You, you are afraid of um, not wanting to fail and then not wanting to go back home and then be a failure.
2: Yeah. Because
1: maybe you came in and you couldn't make good use of the opportunities that um you got a chance to have over here so that kind of like put pressure on you
2: mm-hmm.
1: a lot because you are like oh i have to do this i have to make sure that i don't fail and then so it put, kind of puts a lot of pressure on you sometimes so being able to like tone all the uh, the messages going through my head being able to tone everything down and then just go with it and everything. It's one of the things that I'm very proud of. And then the fact that I was able to take myself through school without any help. Yeah. Is, I think think it's something I'm actually very proud of. Like, because coming here, I was afraid that I would not be able to go to school and pay for it and everything. Yeah, yeah. So like being able to come here work my ass off to save money and then be able to take myself through film school which i'm gonna be done next month
2: yeah it's something
1: yeah. that i'm actually very proud of and i'm very glad because it was one of uh, the things i was afraid of that maybe i would come here and then i will not be able to like afford to go to school
0: yeah I feel like that's a fear for a lot of people, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, most people who come to this country, they don't have a lot of money, you know, like they're not rich. Yeah. So like, I know my parents and my grandparents, you know, mainly my parents, when they came to this country, they didn't go to school. Cause like, they didn't want to pay the money for them to go to school mm-hmm. when, you know, my sister and I can go to school instead. Right. So yeah. that seems to be a trend, but man, you, you broke that trend. You, you broke the mold. You're like, you know what? I'm coming here. I'm going to make something up myself, you know what I mean? And, and
1: yeah, exactly. That's really a, amazing. It's a lot because you are like, okay, I'm leaving everybody back home. I'm I'm just carrying my stuff to come to a country cuz I came here. I don't have any family member here like I don't have any auntie, any yeah. grandma, nothing. I pretty much just was done with school, packed my bag, told my parents hey, I want to come da, 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 da. they supported me there and they brought me here. I remember one of the things that when I was coming, my parents told me, like, you are like, we are gonna help you to get there. And then whatever that you do over there, it's all up to you. But just make sure that you do the best that you can, and then just make sure that you go to school. Because they were very, 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 very stressing on the going to school part. Because yeah. they were, like they were like, you get there, make sure that you are going to school.
2: Of course, yeah.
1: So like when i got here it was like okay that is what i'm gonna do save money and then go to school save That's money important. and then go to school so being able
0: to get over
1: that because being an international student we are paying like three times
0: oh man it's crazy but
1: um like normal canadians are paying and then my program is not just like paying just the teaching fee. like the equipment that we are using it's pretty much very expensive of course so yeah it, it was like a whole lot to do with but thankfully, by the grace of God, I'm almost done. So I just, it's something that I, I see, I, I can actually look in the mirror and be like, I'm very proud of myself for doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. You know, it's really amazing because most of the foreign students here, at least that I've encountered, have a lot of money, right? Like, mm-hmm. they come here, they have tons of money, they're not worried, but there's, some of them don't have as much money and they got to work like 10 times harder to get mm-hmm. the same thing, you know? So it's amazing, like, you know, to be able to succeed through the struggle and to become, you know, something out of your struggle. You know what I mean? So I think that's really cool. Um, One, like the number one question that I always ask people when they first come to Canada, especially from Africa, right, Mm -hmm. is what is your first winter like? (laughs) Like your first experience, (laughs) cold weather, you know, January, you know, Ontario weather. What did you feel, man? Like, were you freaking out? I, I called my mama. Yeah, and then I was like, I don't
1: like you <laughs> here. man,
0: don't blame you, man. It's crazy because, like, I know for sure. I hear a lot of stories. Um, people they come to Canada in January or in February, and they don't bring a coat. Ooh.
2: You know, because
0: they realize, oh, it's it's far. You know, they think it's going to be fine, but then they come here and it's like minus twenty five right, and it's snowing outside, you have to have a coat, you know what I mean? So, it's a thing that, I mean, you're, you're not alone. I mean, I'm born here, and I I, I, I hate the weather, man. <laughs> like
1: Yeah, like, one thing that helped me, well, I think I came to Canada during the summertime, so I came around June, right, so um, yeah. by the time we got to winter, like, I was pretty much, like, um, conservant with the... How Canadian life is, so it this was not that stressful. Yeah. So just sometimes one of the things that uh doesn't help us, the um, foreigners, especially if we're from like places where it's not that cold, is like you get to a new place where like trying to adjust, everything is new to you, and then you also ha- having to deal with the weather. Yeah. It's kind of like two troubles that you have to deal with because you're like. You're trying to find your way around the city. You're trying to adjust because it's a new country. Everything is like totally different. Yeah. And then the weather too, just hitting you left, right, huh. just here and there. So one thing that helped me was when I because I came to I came during the summertime. By the time it got to winter, I was like kind of like okay with the system. Yeah. But when the those bites started coming in and then the snow started falling cool. and then. I was crying,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I don't blame. I was you.
1: Driving and then going to work. I, I remember I used to wake at five o'clock in the morning. Oof. It was a lot.
0: Mm. The mornings, lot. Like, the mornings are the worst. The mornings are the it worst. It was a
1: lot. Waking up during winter time to go to work, like it was a lot. You have to take the bus. The bus is not coming.
2: Yeah.
0: It was Oh, my God. And then it, it, it's, like, dark for most of the day, too, right? It gets dark oh. so early, you know? So, it, it's tough on the system, man. It's tough yeah. on the system. Because, wow. like, I mean, I don't think any black person I know personally, including myself, genuinely enjoys winter. You know? Like-
1: <laughs> no, because naturally, it's not meant for us exactly how we are not supposed to live exactly so it becomes no matter how we say oh this and that and maybe uh you're living here like biologically i think this is not um the kind of weather that we are supposed to be living in so um no matter what you will not like it
0: exactly i agree man because like like our skin is meant for sun it's meant for warmth (laughs) you know (laughs) that's why that's why we made the way we are you know um so when you first came here I guess until today like mm-hmm. what are the most annoying stereotypes uh, you face the most as an African like not just as a black person but as someone from Ghana you know a uh, relatively new um comer to Canada like what are some stereotypes you face today uh, to
1: One that um it's actually kind of it's still that is like sometimes like when people think you're from Africa yeah they assume automatically you poor. Uh-huh. Like parents are kind of poor or something. uh They can't feed themselves back home, and then like <laughs> always, I I have to like constantly tell them that my parents are not poor. They are happily educated. They have the businesses. Everything is okay for them. Like sometimes people assume that just because somebody is in Africa, they Life there is sucks. I mean, yes, some parts of Africa is of course they are going through a lot. Yeah. But Af- Africa is not a country. Like it's a continent. They are different parts. Mm-hmm. Right? So like people assume just because of what they see on TV, that is what the whole of Africa is like. So like people think that just because you are from Africa, automatically you poor. Yeah. Which is one of the stereotypes that I kept getting and I had to constantly like um, tell people no. My parents are okay. They have two businesses that they are running. If they want to travel, they can travel. Mm-hmm. They are they are okay. They are, their life in Africa is okay. Everything is good. They, if they want to come to Canada, they can come. Yeah. Like right, so, that is one of the things that um one of the stereotypes that I kept getting. And then education. People also assume that just because you're from Africa, you're not educated.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, on that topic, the people who say that have clearly never met anybody from Ghana or Nigeria. Because everybody I know from Ghana or Nigeria, they're educated. More than most people here in Canada are educated, you know?
1: Yeah, Um, like, I I remember when I first got, I think my first month or something, because my accent was like very thick and everything. mm -hmm. And then um, somebody asked me if I knew I was at this job. And then um I do remember my supervisor, I was supposed to put in some data and then he asked me, Do I know how to use the computer?
0: I, I was like, What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn. That's the stuff. Yeah, I don't know if he meant well or but I was a little bit hurt by yeah. the fact that he asked me if I knew how to use a computer. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, yo, like I, I went to business school, like I'm a college graduate, like don't I like you don't have to ask me something like that like that i know how to use the computer like for me it it was a little bit it hurts a little bit that you had to think that just because i'm african yeah i didn't know how to use the computer
0: Hmm. man like i but i feel you with the stereotypes man because you know i've been to the continent once and Mm -hmm. I, i i gotta go again after covid of course but i've been once and when i first went I went with the idea, like, okay, I'm going to go volunteer and help some kids out, right? You know, like, the typical, you know, like, white savior sort of mentality, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I went there with the goal of, like, yeah, I'm helping these poor kids out. And I get there, and I'm thinking, like, wait, I don't see any hungry children in the streets. Yeah. I don't see anybody, like, you know, dying in the street, begging, crying on the street, nothing. All I see is, is kids having a good time, parents working hard, everybody's working hard, you know, chipping into society, and in many ways, life there, because I, I I was in Uganda and life there was better than life here. You totally, know, like, people care you know, about each other, you know what I mean? Like they, they care about each other, you know? And like
1: totally hundred percent like I keep telling people like in Africa, you know everybody in your neighborhood. Like Yeah. You know everybody in your neighborhood, but over here um, to my right, um, I think my neighbors are Indians, and in, in up uh, Sydney, Indians, and then to my right, Indians. But I don't even know their names. Mm. I never even talked to them before. We just see each other high, and they just come straight into your house. Yeah. But in Africa, it's not like we talk like everybody. It's just filled with love, and then everything. So it makes living there very nice. Like, so when I come here, like I don't remember when I, in Africa, like when you meet somebody. Hi, good morning. It's a thing over what You just greet. Yeah. But I come here and it's like you only kind of like greet people that you know. Exactly. I mean, you don't know if somebody just passed by. I was like, yo.
0: Yeah. Especially. What life is that? Especially in the big city, like especially in the Toronto area, people mm-hmm. aren't nice. You know, <laughs> like they think when you come to Canada it's to be nice people everywhere. You know, and then you come here and people don't talk to you. You know. Nobody
1: and, talks to each <laughs> other. <laughs>
0: that's crazy to me like to think about but um yeah like in uganda and many places in africa you know like people talk to each other people they they go over for dinner without having to call ahead you know what i mean nobody talks to each other
1: and it's it's one of the things that i i got in. i was like no like how do people live over here everybody's pretty much in their houses all by them. So, so if you are sick or something, nobody's gonna know.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because you're pretty much just cooked up in your room and in dust. But actually, like, you go out. You like you know everybody. You can go to their next house, go have fun over there. Just go play, play on the street. But here, nobody talks to each other. That is one of the things that I, I really, really, like, I use the word hate. I strongly hate. Yeah. Over this place because nobody's talking to each other. Just See somebody just pass, even sometimes you can't even be working with somebody in the same building, but just because you guys are not like friends, yeah, you don't have to talk to them or any, say anything to them. You just see them, you pass, you can't even meet them in the bus and then just go. But in Africa, it's not like that. Like, the first I've seen you before, when I meet you somewhere, I will come talk to you, I will laugh with you, but. Over here, it's like okay, we are not friends. Don't come into my space. I don't know you.
0: We
1: just yeah. work together. That's
0: it. That's the thing, because like I feel like kids here as well. They they grow up in the environment of like you know stranger danger. You know, yeah. see someone you don't know. Automatically, they're they're a threat to you. Yeah. You know, and then that sort of like creates distrust between people. And yeah, because people people here don't trust each other. Like nobody trusts each other That's in Canada. Hard. You know. No, everybody no, there's yeah.
1: no, trust. And then everybody is everybody for themselves. So, yeah. you can be there and somebody would just... They would just...
2: Man,
0: would just but,
1: like There's a lot of, like, they're smiling with you, but you can clearly feel that if this person gets you, they're just going to kick you to the curb.
0: Oh, yeah, because, again, they say, like, Canada is so nice, right? People are so polite, but it's not real, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just faking everything, you know? So... But, yeah, that's a problem, like, in Canada that, you know, people don't really get. So, if you are not from Canada and want to come here, please understand. <laughs> people here, they may seem nice, but they're just cold. <laughs> they don't want to talk to you, you know? Yeah,
1: it, it's very hard on that part because, like, I I was always, like, I, I every time I call back home, I just tell them that, like, yo, people here are not talking to each other. Like, people just see each other and they just pass, like, Sometimes you can have an encounter with somebody and then meet them another day. And then it's like, you never actually met them. They, they can just pretend that you guys didn't even talk to each other or something. And yeah. then even the ones that are actually talking to each other, you are like, okay, are we actually friends or like you faking it? Like, okay, exactly. what is this? Like, are we friends or something? But so exactly. I think that's one of the reasons that makes people just be like, okay, I'm just going to be in my own space and then just be there like i'm just gonna be in my own house i don't have to deal with anybody or you do your thing and let me also do my thing and then they, that's why people are just not talking to each other and they're just going by like that
0: yeah i feel you man like the other thing that i always noticed is um it in africa same with the caribbean <clears throat> you have like the uh the auntie culture you know like all of your mother's friends mm-hmm. are your aunties you know yeah but all of my white friends growing up, they never had those things. You know what I mean? Whoa. But to me, it's, 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 it's almost weird, you know? Like, you have your parents' friends, but they're never around at your house, or they never talk to you, they never take care of you, they never treat you like family, you know, because you're someone else's child. Whereas oh. in the Caribbean, and Africa, I think in India, all over the world, you know, your parents' friends are basically your family as well.
1: Back home, mm. your parents' friends can whoop your ass. Oh, yeah. do
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let,
1: let them touch you, doing something dumb, and once your parents are not around, run, they will whoop you like your mama is whooping you. Like, yeah. They will whoop you like crazy. But over here, mm-mm, no, it's Nothing. not like that.
0: Because the kids will call the police, you know? The kids, know. kids will be like, oh, you're abusing me.
1: <laughs> nobody whoops anybody's ass over here. No, nobody That's... does that.
0: That's why a a lot of people here, they don't behave, you know? I see kids, like, yelling at their parents, asking for money. And I'm thinking, like, what the hell? Like, if I was doing that, man.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. This thing, like, there is so many things that I see over here that, honestly, I just go, like, okay, is it because I'm African or it's just, I just need to tone it down a little bit. I'm coming off too strong. Like, especially, like, the money thing. Like, sometimes to like somebody a grown-ass man and then still with their parents and in the way they are acting I'm like mm-hmm. yo back home you would have moved up from the house by now yeah like well, so when i see those i'm like okay is it because of the way people are being raised over here or is just too much love or maybe it's just i am just being like coming off too strong <laughs> i'm like okay is it just Maybe the African in me, because some things, when I see them, I'm like, no, you can't do this in Africa. Yeah. I'm like, no, you can't do this in Africa. Like, no, this, you your real mama would have booked your husband. <laughs> this, you can't, like, I mean, it's hardly will you see maybe somebody who is, I mean, it's not a general thing, but, like, by 25 years as a guy, you should be thinking about moving out.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because back in the day, I know here it was 18, right? You know, mm-hmm. you move out at 18, you, you do your thing. But nowadays, you know, people living at home are 30, 35 years old living at home, you know, with the parents, yeah. you know? and some people,
1: Like, I mean, in everything, there is um, some people that you can take them or Maybe uh, they, they are saving to buy their house. But there are some people that can clearly see that, yo, like, let this person go. Like, why are they still in the house? Like, Yeah. This kind of stuff. So it's one of those things that sometimes when I see them, I'm like, okay, is it the African in me that is making <laughs> this thing kind of like act me a little bit? It could be. It but could be. I'm like, no, you can't do this enough. So like, it's totally a totally different world. So sometimes you just have to find a way to balance it because if not, you can come off too strong. Oh yeah. You know, you and scare people away.
0: Yeah, and pe- pe- people don't like that, you know, when oh, you come no, off.
1: No, 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 yeah. no.
0: no. Because, I mean, look, even, like, me, like, I was born here, but if I, like, I have a bit too much, like, Caribbean or too much African style in me, people don't like that. You know, they're, like, they see me as a threat, you know what I mean? Oh. So, yeah, and I'm sure it's the same for you. I'm sure it's the exact same for you, you know? Like, if if, if, if you seem like your life is too good and you're not Canadian or you're not perfectly Canadian, people okay. are going to be like, oh, who is this guy coming telling us how to live our life, you know?
1: oh my god that's the thing yeah.
0: that's the thing
1: <laughs> this is like a big conversation <laughs> yeah
0: that's what i'm saying man but it, it you know it is what it is you know like i think it's just a part of you know life yeah you know if if, if, if you're a black person if you're an african person you know living in this country you got to learn how to deal with these people you know you, you got to learn how to you know sort of have a thick skin when it comes to this yeah, kind of that, stuff i think
1: coming here like it kind of makes you like know how to deal with people is one of the things that i learned over here yeah how to properly deal with people and how to properly approach people Mm -hmm. because like it's not everybody because you can easily offend somebody yeah oh yeah and so sometimes you just have to find a way to like talk to people deal with people because like I know, uh, Afri- like we Africans, like some things we will be like, "Why are you crying? This is not something to cry mm-hmm, about." Like mm-hmm. we, we are not raised like that. And then some people may say it's a bad thing. Some people may be like, "But if you, you, it may make us come off as like too strong." Yeah, like, on certain things. But so that, that's why you just have to find a way to assimilate mm-hmm. uh, into the system and in the community that you find yourself in. Find a way to kind of like balance the whole thing. It's yeah. like, it can go all really bad. You can really offend somebody. You can push somebody to the stand. that maybe you're not supposed to be pushed. Yeah. You just have to find a way to just balance the whole thing.
0: You know, one thing that I, I just thought about is that I think, you know, I, I, people from Africa and the Caribbean were raised to learn how to be grateful, you know, oh. for what we have. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, like say, yeah, you're having a bad day, but you got food, you got shelter, you got family, so don't complain, you know. Yeah. Whereas I think people here, you know, kids, you know, who are who are you know raising families here, they don't they don't really taught that because they have everything, you know, they don't need anything else, so they complain about everything. When they don't have the best iPhone, they complain, you know. They don't have in the life, new Xbox, um, you know. Yeah. One
1: thing I noticed like in life, like sometimes, like when you have something that is like constantly there you tend to not really appreciate it that much until you lose it Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: that is how i feel people here are like and then i don't mean that to be like an insult or anything but like when you are raised in a system where there's health healthcare is good the water is good um education is good like you don't even the government is paying your your tuition for you 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 get the money to pay it back and then all that so, like, when you have all these systems put in place, which is a fantastic thing, like, I have yeah. worked, whoever did this, it is very good. It makes, like, very easy and good for people over here, which is very good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, to, like, people don't see how good and then, uh, the opportunity that they have over here. Because, like... If you have all these things, like the schools are good, education, the equipment to be able to study, to be able to uh, further yourself in life, to be able to go far in life in certain things. Like, the for, when I see things that I see that there's a lot of opportunities over here.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's some people want to grab it like so bad. Like there are people that wants like what people have over here, but because they, they've grown into it like they were born they don't really see the value of it yeah so like most people don't value going to school the importance of going to school the importance of having a good education um the importance of like the fact that they can go to hospital and they have the healthcare, the fact that they can even go to college and although i mean the osap thing is it's going to be another cause for you in the future, but still, yeah. you get the chance to go to school. Exactly. Some people don't get this. Uh, uh, some people, like, right after high school, the parents are not able to afford college. Yeah. And then they have to find different ways and means to kind of, like, fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. But over here, I can boldly say, I mean, I don't know much about, like, the whole government paying teaching, but I know that you can uh, go to uh, high school, it's not that expensive. No, and then free. go yeah. to go to college and then have the OSAP thing to pay for it and everything. Yeah. So, like, be, to be able to at least, you know, okay, from three years old to by the time you are like 22, 23, you can have a full on education yeah. without like not really spending that much and then your parents not re- really breaking the bank a lot. Than how some people are not getting it. because like sometimes even, like I'll just be frank like sometimes back home I know some friends that especially when we're in high school it was a struggle.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: It was a struggle for their parents to be able to pay their tuition fee and then all that, let alone go to uni. Yeah. Because when I was done with high school and I, I went to uni, there were a lot of my friends that couldn't go, like right from high school. You know how. You got it from high school and bam, you got yeah. to just go straight away. Some people had to stay in the house for like two years. Some people have to stay in the house for like three years. And I still have friends. I, I'm, I'm, I've been done with uni for like four years now. And I've, I'm now having friends that have been able to like raise money down that they are in school. Yeah. Right? So like sometimes people over here, I don't think they know how good and then how better things are here for them. Mm-hmm. Because trust me, if everybody back home had the same opportunities that people over here have, trust me, they will make good use of it. Oh yeah. Oh they yeah. Will
0: make good of it. 100% man, I agree with you 100%. You know, but I, I think again, it's, it's, it's the difference of culture, you know, like we're yeah. raised to be grateful. We're raised to work hard. We're raised to sort of not take anything for granted. You yeah, know, because whereas, you don't get them. Exactly.
1: You don't get them. So any small thing, you tend to appreciate it a lot.
0: Exactly. That's the key, right? And I think that's the key to living a happy life at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right? Be grateful, you know?
1: Thing, you just appreciate it and just be grateful for
0: it. Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, I want to get through these questions. <laughs> We're getting like way, 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 way off topic, but that's fine. That's all you know. What podcasting is oh, about. Right. <laughs> Anyways, um, one, I had a question for you that I was curious about, and um, so I'll ask it. Do you ever find that black people from the Caribbean treat you different because you're from the continent, like you're from Ghana, or do you find it's the same?
1: Uh, okay, so this one. Um. Okay, let me put it like this.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. When I, think, when I was coming here, I thought being African was going to be a hindrance.
2: Yeah.
1: And certain things, maybe like uh, getting friends and those kind of stuff. Um, but actually, like, one thing that I noticed is that whenever I tell somebody that I'm African, it actually, I don't know if it maybe it's a fetish, and I don't know, but <laughs> being African actually made people kind of want to talk to me more.
0: Interesting, interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't it's not everybody that gets to experience that but like especially in dating, like Yeah. Even with Caribbeans and stuff like I thought maybe they're Caribbeans they would not wanna go but actually when you tell somebody you are African they actually want you more, which is weird.
0: You know, <laughs> I I feel like I sorta of get that, you know, because I know in Trinidad, where my family is from, mm-hmm. um, they learn how to speak Yoruba and Igbo, like the Nigerian mm-hmm. languages, they learn them in school, you know? And also in trend of that, same with Jamaica and throughout the Caribbean, um, rather than to say you're black, you always say you're African.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's sort of like a fascination with the continent, right? Like everybody, at least that's black in the Caribbean, has sort of like a desire to go back to Africa and you know, live in Africa or, or, or be as African yeah. as possible. You know, like even my uncles, you know, they changed their names to African names, you know. Oh, wow. like it, it, And like that was very common back in the day and still is, today, you know, till today. So, yeah, I get where that's coming from. I get, you know, I feel like, you know, just to say, you know, straight off the you know, top of my head. But, like, you being from Ghana is almost a good thing when it comes to yeah. making black friends here, you know.
1: Yeah, I thought, like, honestly speaking, I thought that I was it was, I, like being African was actually going to be a problem. Yeah. I don't know why I was even thinking that, <laughs> but um, I actually, like, being African, like, when I go to a place, I feel like I, 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 I struggle because i was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have, like, a thick accent, and then all But now I actually tend to actually love it. Like, I want people to see how African I am. Like,
0: That's a good thing, yeah.
1: I want, I, because, like, it's not even a problem like for anybody that, that i shouldn't also care whether it's also going to be a problem because like this is my identity this is where i'm an african that is where i mean if you don't like yourself well then people are not gonna like spread more to other people so being african honestly like coming here it actually it, it blew my mind but one thing that i noticed was like the black people here especially like um how do i put it uh people from that are maybe having caribbean roots yeah like when you try to associate africa with them they try to let you know how non-african they are
0: oh man i feel you i feel you with that you know like people used to always say i was you know because i look to some people like kenyan or ethiopian or somali right Mm-hmm. I look East African, so people always, like, yeah, identify me.
1: Calling. You have the look, like... I,
0: I do. <laughs> people want to call me, like, Ali Hussein, like, if I'm from Somalia or something, right? I'm like, listen, I'm Canadian. I was born here, you know? But, you know, I think a lot of people who are from the Caribbean, who are raised here and born here, you know, there's sort of, like, a shame about ble- being black, you know what I mean?
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. even people who are born here... They see Africa as poor or as backwards or as, you know, really bad. So, they don't really want to embrace that. And, like, when I was a kid, I was the same way, you know? Because I was like, oh, you know, I'm Canadian and then I'm Trinidadian, right? I'm not African. But when I get older, you know, you get older and you realize, wait, you know, you and I look the same, right? We're from the same place, you know? I did my DNA thing and I'm, like, half Ghanaian, you know? So, we're like brothers, you know? So, why are we going to sort of remove our African heritage from ourselves. You
1: like, know what I mean? They just want, like, I had I this friend and he was so hell-bent on letting me know that he's Caribbean, he's not African. Mm. And I, I was like, yes, I know you're Caribbean. That is where maybe country, but Caribbeans are from Africa. He's like, no, 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 no I'm Caribbean. I'm like, hmm. like, are you ashamed to be associated with the con- African continent? Because it's not, it's not. I just noticed that a lot of Black people that were born here, some people identify, like they embrace their African heritage, and then some people to let you know how Canadian they are. Yeah. But they are not They, they are not African. Mm-hmm. So don't try to associate Africa to them because they are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll just say, you know, I'm, I'm Caribbean. That's just it. I'm Caribbean. I'm Caribbean. That's just it.
0: Yeah. That's a problem all over, I think, Canada, because... Yeah. I know in the Caribbean, for sure, it's not like that. You know, like, I know for sure, like, in Jamaica, Trinidad, everywhere in the Caribbean, even in Cuba and Dominican Republic, where they don't speak English, you know, mm-hmm. people there, they're so, like, they identify very closely with Africa, especially the Congo, Nigeria, and Ghana. Like, those are the main places, right, where they identify with. And when they felt, like, the census, they would say they're African, you know? like yeah. very but when they come here i don't know what it is about canada that you know it's sort of like okay you're no longer an african you know you're they different
1: just, they just try they just let you know how non-african they are yeah and then i used to like have a problem with it and before i realized like i was ruining most conversations with my friends with my non-african friends because like each time those identity things come and i'm like yo you african like I mean, I'm not saying like you are from Africa, like your mom is. You yeah. probably don't know where your back roots are. But I'm just trying to know that pretty much like your root, your heritage is from Africa. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, just like no, 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 no. I'm like okay, it's <laughs> not something to you. It's not. You just don't wanna. You probably ashamed to mm-hmm. have the Af- Africa associate. And I don't know. If some people feel that
0: um, Caribbean is different and Africa is different... That's what they think, you know? But if you look at it, it's the same. It's very similar, you know? The food is the same. You know? The culture is almost the exact same. All the carnivals and festivals, the exact same. The religions, the exact same. You know? The only difference is one is born on one side of the world and the other is born in the Caribbean. You know? That's the only difference. You know? Like... It's, 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 it's crazy to me that you know, again, even myself, you know, some people at one point or the other, they don't think they're African. Meanwhile, very clearly, that's what they are. You know, that's who they are.
1: Trust me, I, I get it. It's just one of those things that I came in and I'm like, oh, there are some black people that actually don't want to be associated with Africa. Wow. Yeah. I was like, well, wow, wow. Because I, I was shocked by that.
0: One thing that shocked me growing up was that some of the most racist people that I ever met. We're black people. <laughs> like,
1: oh, 100%.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and again, it just has to do, like, even towards other black people, you know?
2: Mm. Like,
0: there's so much African-on-African African hate, black-on-black black hate, you know, in this country. Same in the U.S., um, you know, where, it, to me, it makes no sense. You know, like, yeah, how... You,
1: I, think, I think that thing, too, about African-on-African African thing today is kind of like a hate, too, in some way, because, like, Africans deep down don't really associate themselves with, um, especially the Black people over here. Yeah. Like um, the Caribbeans and then like mostly it's just the Africans keeps to themselves because in some way we have a certain perception or ideology about the Black people over here. Yeah. And then the Black people born over here too, they too are also having their own perception about how Africans, Black, I mean Africans are Black, so how Africans behave yeah so it's like okay they keep to themselves and then we to keep to ourselves because it's, I, I do remember like in Ghanaian, let me give it to am like in Ghana like the Ghanaian kids born here and then the Ghanaian kids from back home and that comes here like when we come there's always this struggle because the kids born here they kind of look down upon us but and in you, you're like who are you looking at like there's nothing really important about you yeah that makes you like look that so it's like there's this kind of conflict and sometimes I don't blame them. I blame the parents because they don't give them much education about their heritage.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So they 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 kinda of like form their own ideology about how people from back home are like what's the same we're at the same we are yeah, pretty much the same people.
2: Mm-hmm. But this exactly. is it's
1: like okay, I'm not that type of black. You know how, yeah. I'm not that type of black. No, no, these are different types. It's like, it's oh, kind of forming different type of how black people are supposed to be. That's
0: a whole other conversation, man. Because, <laughs> like, no, I mean, I don't know if you've heard it before, but I know when I was growing up, I kept hearing, oh, you're not really black. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Because, you know, and, and the only reason why, the two reasons why. Number one, because I like watching hockey. As a kid, you know, (laughs) look, look, I was born in this country. Of course, I'm gonna watch hockey. You know, yeah. (laughs) And the second thing is because I didn't dress like how you know, like 50 Cent and the other rappers dress. You know, Mm -hmm. I wore like you know regular clothes, like H and M Aeropostale kind of clothes. You know, I didn't wear you know baggy jeans and whatnot. So people are like, "Oh, you're white," and I'm like, "What the hell?" No, (laughs) I'm the darkest person. I mean. I
1: don't think I can ever get to that. With no, but for if somebody to tell me that, I think I would get really offended by it.
0: Man, yeah.
1: Not to tell me no, 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 no.
0: Because I feel like you know, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Maybe we can have another conversation on that another oh, day. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about.
1: There's a whole lot to talk about
0: there's there's a lot though. But the whole thing, you know, with the different types of black, like that, is a huge. You know, thing, a huge problem in, the, in, in this country, and same in America, you know, a huge mm-hmm. problem, because people who are born here who are black have one mentality, if you're born in the Caribbean and you're black, you have another mentality, if you're mixed, you have another mentality, if you're from Africa, you, you, have, a, you have another mentality, you know, and oh there's the like almost...
1: Part, the mixed part is even horrible, like...
0: Oh, man, yeah.
1: Cause... The mixed part is like, I don't even want to go there right I but <laughs> if I start right... Now... <laughs>
0: We'll have to do another one. Maybe maybe in a few weeks, we can we can. Yeah, we trust can me, the next back.
1: part is going to be another day. Oh,
0: man, yeah, because trust me, like even growing up, like I have mixed family, you know, and there's a whole other set of issues, you know, like the whole good skin sort of thing, you know? Oh, oh my God. man. Oh, my <laughs>
1: God. Like, if you how I'm, I'm keeping, cause I'm like, I'm just trying to force myself to not say anything. Uh, not
2: exactly,
0: myself. exactly.
1: Trust me, like, it's like, I've had, like, a big explode with one of my friends about the whole mixed part because, like, it's just a whole lot, especially when one is uh, from a different race, it's Yeah, just a, lot, a whole lot.
0: Man, that's crazy. That's a whole crazy conversation. All right, yeah. I got one more question for you, all right, to wrap it up for the day. All right, it's a casual question. It's a question that everybody wants to know the answer to. What's with the Ghana versus Nigeria beef? Because it seems like there's always competition between Ghana and Nigeria. I don't get it. Because I'm not from there. So <laughs> you can give me like the, the, the like,
1: Ghana Nigeria beef thing that goes on. It's like it's one of those love hate kind yeah. of relationship where when it's the two of us, you will start fighting, but when somebody from outside comes in <laughs> it's the two of us against them. You get what I'm because like I, I, I don't I don't know but it's like between Ghana and Nigeria, like yeah. we are pretty much surrounded by like French-speaking countries. Yeah. So it's like the two of us are kind of like the only. I, I, know, I think Senegal speaks English. No, no. Like,
0: Senegal is French. It's um Cameroon. They speak. Cameroon. Cameroon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like pretty much around West Africa, it's pretty much I think Ghana and Nigeria. Yeah. That kind of like speaks English. So it's like the two of us kind of single that and then. We are kind of like battling each other, like who is best. Yeah. And because we have so many similarities, like everything, like pretty much our music, everything is like the same. Yeah. Of course, in different places. Okay, then. Okay, then we have to decide who is the best. <laughs> like Zolof. Who is the best? Because no, 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 no. <laughs> because that's how it, the whole thing is like. Because we have so many similarities from. Soccer, music, like everything. Sometimes some people actually find it hard to tell the difference between a Ghanaian and a Nigerian I'm like, yo, it's very easy. Look yeah. at how the Nigerians pronounce their words. Like if they're like, no, you guys are the same. I'm like, no.
0: No, yeah, the accent is different. The accent the, um, is different. The names are different, different names. Um, you know, even the fashion, the style. Mm-hmm. You know, Ghana has the Kente, right? The Kente. Yeah. You know, um, Nigeria is different. You know, um, the only thing that I think is very, very similar is the jollof.
1: Uh-oh, no, and... man. You don't want me to. I'm <laughs> But look, look, look. Look. No, 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 I no, will no.
0: end the beef right now. I have a, a, there's a guy near where I grew up in Brampton um, who is Senegalese, right? And mm-hmm. his restaurant, he has, has jollof, of course, because that's where jollof comes from, right? Senegal. And um, it's the best jollof in the entire world. So oh, Ghana no, and Nigeria no. do nothing.
1: <laughs> no, I've tasted Ghana jollof.
0: Yes, I have. A Ghana jollof, man. There's a guy oh. in Brampton as well. A restaurant called um, the Golden Stool. You know that place? Um, uh, no, I, no, I, I, no. I don't know if it's there anymore. It could be gone now because COVID. But um, it's a Ghanaian guy, Kofi. That's the guy's name. And um, he of course they have jollof there, but you know, the jollof is it's okay. Oh my God! You,
1: you, you, you've, you've not been tasting the real jollof. Like, okay. you've not, you've not, you've not had the real Ghanaian jollof. You've not had. It. You, you're so, probably having some Nigerian covered up, <laughs> uh, pretending to be Ghana jollof type of jollof
0: that you are having. Okay, so, so can you make jollof? Oh yes. Okay, so, so, so when COVID is done and we can go hang out with each other again, all right? Mm-hmm. You make me some jollof, all right? Oh I'll yes. Call up my Senegalese friend. Right, and I will say, Make some jollof, and you both make it for me. I'll taste it there and then. All right, maybe I can put it on YouTube, I'll record it, right? uh, and we get live reaction. Because trust me, the Senegalese jollof I don't know what it is, I just think it's very nice. I've the never had king, the two kingpins are gone in Nigeria, yeah, that's the main things, But you know, people don't realize, you know, Senegal invented it. Well, Senegalese are like
1: you know, the grandchildren playing at the back, you know. <laughs> They're just staying at the back, they're just the kids back, back home staying at the back. You know, the, the adults are talking. <laughs> we just we leave them back home, and then the adults, the Nigerians and the Ghanis are talking about the draw. Uh, man. Uh-oh.
0: just so you know, about five percent of my audience is from Senegal. So uh oh, they're gonna, gonna be, crash me. They'll be coming after you. <laughs> they'll be coming after you. Man, oh
1: my god. Well, we will see. I'm we'll gonna see. say it louder. Ghanian Jalof is the best. Okay.
0: Nigeria, Senegal, the Senegalese ones, they are just the kids at the back, you know. Uh, all right, <laughs> okay, we'll see. We'll see what the audience says. You know what? If you want to tell me who's the best jollof, send me a message on Instagram, send Kwame a message on Instagram, and we'll, we'll settle the beef once and for all. We will settle it after COVID. <laughs> we will settle this after COVID. Anyways, after COVID. man, it's been great. We've been recording for about an hour now wow it's been great um having you on the show i gotta go eat supper (laughs) now because i'm starving man but
1: (laughs) thank you very much for having me i really appreciate
0: it no man the pleasure is all mine because you know you just proved the fact that having a guest on a podcast is a great thing um this is something i have to do more in the future you know i want you back on the show in the future um, I'm I'm always a phone caller, man. man. I would love to come back again. That's amazing. That's amazing. Maybe we can expand to YouTube. You're a filmmaker. We can work together. I don't know. We'll, oh, we'll see what oh, happens. Okay, <laughs> we'll see what that happens. I'm just putting that this. I'm just putting the thought in your head. You know, so we we get the idea there. You know. Anyways, oh, the plant has been seeded. We will have to water it and let it go. Trust me. Exactly. We'll see. We'll see where we where we end up in a couple of years. Yeah, Anyways, definitely. Kwame, thank you so much. Check them out on Instagram, KP Media Works. I'll leave it in the description of the episode today. Kwame, any last words for the audience before we wrap it up for the day? Um, I will say, please, 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 please. All black
1: people are the same, okay? <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no African black and then there's no Caribbean black. We are and all blacks, listen, okay?
0: Some so, of the, Some of the American black people will be pissed off at that. Because that's Ooh. another. That's another. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. Uh, the, the one last thing I'll never forget. I'll never forget t- two things. I'll never forget one thing when somebody called me African American, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you know I'm not American. You know, first of all. Second thing, I saw this TV show and somebody I think they were in Somalia, and they were talking about the Somalis and they used the word African American to describe people in Somalia. <laughs> Anyways, that's another that's another topic for another day. <laughs> Anyways, Kwame, pleasure having you on the show. And uh I'll definitely have you on sometime soon again.
1: way, oh, man, just hit me up and I'll always get myself ready. It was really an honor and a pleasure of mine to be here. Thank you
0: very much for having me. Awesome, awesome. I hope you really enjoyed that conversation with uh, Kwame Pipim and I. Again, he's a great friend of mine, a very talented fantastic photographer i can't stress that enough you have to check him out on instagram at kp media works his his work is amazing um i I, I literally can't hype it up enough it's really good you can also check me out on instagram you'll find all of those links down in the description of today's episode again i can't thank you all enough for the support This episode turned out better than I thought it ever would be, longer too, but that's a great thing when it comes to interviews and conversations. Um, And I really, really hope to do this in the future. Again, that was Kwame Pipim of KP Media Works. Don't forget to check him out um, after this episode. Well, I guess now's the end of the episode. So go check him out right now. Why not? Give him a follow. Tell him I sent you. All right. He'll appreciate that. Anyways, Enjoy the outro music. I don't know what song I'm choosing yet, but I hope you will enjoy it. Uh, and check out the artists of the outro music as well. Support them on Spotify or whatever music streaming platform you use. Even YouTube, it helps. Anyways, I'm Nate, your true Rafiki. This is the true Rafiki podcast. And you'll hear from me soon. <music>